Welcome everyone to the second episode of Best of the West, where we cover the NFC West division of the NFL. My name is Kenji Ito, and I am here alongside my partner, Jake Brown. For a recap of the NFC West in Week 7, the Arizona Cardinals keep their undefeated season with a win against the Houston Texans 31-5. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Lions by two possessions with a score of 28-19. The San Francisco 49ers lost to the Indianapolis Colts 30-18 on Sunday Night Football. And the Seattle Seahawks add another loss to the New Orleans Saints 13-10 on Monday Night Football. So... Uh, now it is for the news and opinion section. So let's first start with the uh, first uh, seed in this division, the Cardinals. So there has actually never been a 30 to five, 31 to 5 game in NFL history. So with their upcoming matchup uh, on the Green Bay Packers on Thursday Night Football, they have um, they have many uh, injuries due to COVID, such as Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. And the Packers are uh, minus six underdogs. Jake, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about their chances of winning this game in a primetime game? Well, it's bad news when an old Randall Cobb is going to be your number one receiver. And I know Aaron Rodgers; he has stepped up ever since that Week One embarrassment that was the game against the Saints. Uh, but the Cardinals, their defense is looking great. Yeah. It's one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree upon you with that. They are like definitely, definitely top five in the NFL when it comes to defense. Yeah, and it's not like the Packers don't have other places to go to. They do have um, Aaron Jones as their running back. Mm-hmm. But I think with that defensive line, um, with... Um, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, I think it's going to be very tough to use the running game. Absolutely. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to really, and Matt LaFleur even, is going to have to really game plan this very tough game against the Cardinals. Yeah, and personally, like kind of going off you, I feel like that Matt LaFleur, he is definitely going to change this, like change the offense because their number one and two receiver is gone due to COVID. And that since the, like we mentioned before, the Arizona Cardinals is such a great defense. Like, they definitely need a game plan around that. Like, they yes. need a game plan around their their situation. So, uh, still sticking on the Cardinals, Kyler Murray has now, he now leads over Dak Prescott for the MVP race. How, like, how do you, like, feel about that? Do you agree? Do you agree that he's still going to win the MVP, even though uh, he is fifth in the league with passing yards? Like, what do you think about that? Well, which team is the... Only undefeated team in the NFL. Uh, the Cardinals. Exactly. And, of course, it's not just Kyler Murray that's contributing to the team. Like we keep saying, the defense has got DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, uh, all these guys that are attributing to the offense. The offensive line and Zach Ertz, who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but Kyler Murray has really been the game. He's turned into an improvising QB similar to Russell Wilson into a game manager. And I think the combination of those two have really led in, led him into someone who doesn't need to throw all of these passing yards. He can rush the ball when he needs to. He can throw short passes when he needs to. He can give the ball off to whoever their running back is. Um, when they need to, and I think it's James Conner 
most of the yeah. time now. James, James Conner is more of the power back, while Chase Edmonds is kind of more the shifty and the like yes. receiving back. So. Um, so it really depends on what their game plan is against each team, and so far they're seven and zero. Like yeah. boom, like right. Dak Prescott's a great QB in his own right. He will definitely win comeback player of the year in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Kyler Murray is the. I've been saying this for weeks. Is the clear cut MVP, even though some people have been saying Dak Prescott. Yeah, like I, I totally agree with you on that on that MVP race. So since you did mention his name, that's now who we're going to. So Zach Ertz, he is now an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, this this past week was his first ever game in a Cardinals uniform. Uh, he had six, 66 yards with four receptions and one touchdown. So he he did have a complete impact uh, on this team. So like, what, what do you think his contribution for this team is? I think it's going to be another weapon for Kyler Murray to throw to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Ertz is great, not just with receiving, but he's also great with blocking as well. Yeah. And even though Ertz has the injury history, mm-hmm. uh, I think that Philly was really prioritizing Dallas Goddard because he is the younger uh, tight end that was going to overtake Zach Ertz. And it was just time for Ertz to move on. And I think Ertz wanted to be on a winning team anyway, and the Cardinals are just a perfect fit for him, Absolutely. especially when tight end was their weakest position yeah. in that offense. And now I think their offense is probably the best in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and also I think he, I think he's going to make a, an immediate impact because, like you said, Kyler Murray's a complete improviser. He knows how to throw the ball super well. And Kyler Murray's never had a really good tight end. Like, this is the first time he's actually had a solid one. Like, he has, he's had Max Williams, Dan Arnold, and those are the only two I can actually think of. But th- <laughs> those names are not, those names are not, like, big stars. Like No, it's not like a Mark Andrews or TJ oh, uh, Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now let's actually move on to the uh, 6-1 LA Rams. Uh, Kenny Young has been traded to the Denver Broncos for a 6th round pick. He, for for the uh, 7 games he played, he is 27 years old. He had 2 sacks, 46 total tackles, a forced fumble and a recovery, and 6 tackles for loss. He is on pace to break his to- total tackles record. Uh, he already broke the tackles for loss record like his career high and uh uh he is on pace for breaking his his own sack record and on pace to break uh on pace to break his force fumble and rec- uh recovery record um like so since they lost him and even though they're a stellar defense like probably number 1 in the NFL who is going to step up for Kenyon Well we were talking about this earlier um and I don't have his name pulled up just right now for some reason. Um, oh, man. But, like, who, who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, you're thinking of Troy Reader. Troy Reader. That's what I was thinking of. Troy mm-hmm. Reader. Uh, he, has, he already has a couple of interceptions already. He's already beginning to be that guy to step up. And yeah. I think this really – I mean – Kenny Young, he has been an impactful player. And, I mean, as linebacker is the weakest part of this Rams defense, even though there's very difficult ways to poke holes into this defense because mm-hmm. the 
the lack of good linebackers is overshadowed by the great defensive tackles and the secondary that they have. Yeah. I think that I don't think this will hurt them as much as it probably looks like it would be. Yeah. Uh what like what I think about this topic is that like before Kenny Young actually got to the Los Angeles Rams, Troy Reader was already the guy, right? So yes. I feel like he like he is gonna step up, but he's already used to it because Kenny Young hasn't always been there. Exactly. Yeah. So um and then the last thing we're gonna cover for the Rams is that like and it's still on the topic of Kenny Young. Like, do you think that he was worth a six round pick? Like was he like really worth that acquisition? Kenny Young? Yeah. Uh you know, I'm it's really hard to say because mm. six round picks can be hit or I mean, the draft in general can be very hit or miss. Uh, so whoever the Broncos pick up in that draft will really depend. It's really going to, or rather the Rams pick up in that, um, will really will really show the impact of this trade. But in the short term, I think this is good for the Broncos mm-hmm. because they do have that fourth-place defense in the AFC. Uh, and the Rams already have a top five top ten defense in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, short term, this is great for the Broncos. In the long term, this is going to be good for the Rams. Absolutely. I completely agree on that. So now let's move to the third best team in the NFC West, which is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he played a couple nights ago on Sunday night, uh, Sunday night football against the Indianapolis Colts and had a absolutely terrible performance. He had a 59.3 completion rating, a QBR of 60.9. He only uh, 6.7 yards per attempt, 181 total yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, two fumbles, and two sacks. But they did confirm that he does remain the starter over Trey Lance. What do you think about it? Well, we were talking last week about whether Jimmy G should stay as the starter or should Trey Lance take over a spot, and I think we both agreed, or at least I said that um, Garoppolo should stay the starter for the rest of the year, and Trey Lance will take over next year. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel right now, because Jimmy G is coming off of the injury, and it was a bye week. Mm-hmm. So I think, it's, I think it was just a bad game. Yeah. I think... Jimmy G isn't the best quarterback in the world, but he's like he reminds me of Jared Goff a little bit. Yeah, like he's he's a, your he's your ideal pocket passer. Exactly, he's not going to he's not going to be the difference maker. No, but he is going to get the ball down the field. He's going to give it to the right guys. He's going to attempt to win games, but he's not going to be the guy who wins the game for you. Yeah. He's it, not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. And no no one's asking him to be Tom Brady. No. Uh, but he he's fine. And Trey mm-hmm. Lance, we don't really have a lot to see. We haven't seen a lot of him so far. Mm-hmm. He's made two, two appearances. Uh, so we'll see what happens by the end of the year. This is only one week into him being back, uh, Jimmy G being back, so. Yeah, so, like, personally, like, what I think, like, I think I'm going to totally roll off your statement of he's coming back, like, he's been injured, like, like, 
for multiple weeks and they just came off a bye. So I think like it's going to take them like a little more weeks, like a little bit more like time to like kind of get his groove back. Because like when you look at Jimmy G, like like I said, he's an ideal pocket passer. But his short and medium accuracy is like on point. It's not as good as like some of the higher tier quarterbacks, but it's on point. So that's what that's my personal opinion about Jimmy G. Um, yeah, and uh, like like you said, he's not your like he's not your leader that you're gonna trust him to like win like win the games, right? Mm-hmm. The 49ers really rely on everything surrounding him, like the running backs, for example, the wide receivers, the tight ends, the offensive line. They have a little impact, but it's still a great impact, and most importantly, the defense. Mm-hmm. So, the Niners have uh, had historically a good defense, except this year. This year's yeah. just been awful. Well, also, like, relying off that as well, I think with, like... This year for defense for their defense, I think they're just kind of getting a groove in because they dealt with so many injuries last year. Like, I was shocked about how many injuries they suffered last year. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this team is, like, it's not as good as it was their Super Bowl run because of all the injuries they faced. Yeah, not only like they had to overcome a lot of adversity last year with all the injuries that they have. And not to say that they haven't been injured this year. They lost their number one running back for the rest of the year, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, It's just they still don't have any consistency. Mm -hmm. Like they almost won the game against Green Bay uh, until they gave Rodgers too much time. But then they go and lose to uh, the Indianapolis Colts Mm -hmm. badly. Yeah. uh, Where... You can see Carson Wentz throw one of the worst. Dumbest, dumbest interceptions. Yeah, I would consider that one of the worst. It's up there with Patrick Mahomes' interception against Washington. Yeah, absolutely. To just take the sack, guys. Yeah. Stop trying to make the play. But back to the Niners. Uh, I think we got we should move on a little bit. We got yeah. uh, some running backs to get to. Yeah, so... Um... So Elijah Mitchell, he had a great game against uh, the Indianapolis Colts. He had 107 yards and one touchdown. But ever since Raheem Mostert, like, ever since he got injured week one on, like, one of the very first plays, uh, he's been averaging 74 yards per game. So do you think they have found their new replacement in Elijah Mitchell for now rather than Trey Sermon, who was a greater college back and a higher pick? You gotta ride the hot hand. Really? Yep. I, you know, I know Trey Sermon hasn't gotten a lot of attempts, mm-hmm. but if you're a team who's trying to win, especially a team that's struggling, uh, Elijah Mitchell is your perfect guy to try and not necessarily build a team around. No. But he's one of the guys he who can be a little bit like. I know Chris Carson is a little, like a dual threat on the as a running back, but yeah. Just one of those guys who's consistent, who can get you a good amount of yards per game, who you're able to rely on. Mm-hmm. And Elijah Mitchell is just that guy. 107 yards with a touchdown, that's perfect for what they're looking for. Yeah. He's not going to do that every game. No. He might go out and get 60 yards next week, mm-hmm. but at least you know he's going to give you a good amount of yardage instead of just... Yeah be someone who's going to get 2.7 yards per carry. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, what do you think? Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell? You know what? Personally, I think Elijah Mitchell, I think he is just more of a, like a back that you can like rely on everything. Like you can rely on him more than Trey Sermon. Like Elijah Mitchell can receive the ball and he can move around in the backfield. He can, um, he can also block. He can also rush by his statistics. Like there, there's everything you want in a running back, like out of him. Do you think that Trey Sermon is going to get the attempts, or do you think they're going to think about trading him for? I, I think they're going to keep him because, like, of course, you always need that number two back because you know, like, a running back doesn't have unlimited stamina. True. So, so like, you gotta always have that secondary back, and they don't really have anything else other than Trey Sermon. True. Yeah. So uh, now let's go to uh, the worst team in the NFC West. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So they announced that Geno Smith, even though he had a terrible performance, uh, is sticking as the starter for now. So personally, what, what, what do you think about him staying the starter instead of them getting a quarterback maybe in free agency? Uh because, you know, there is, like, Cam Newton in free agency. So I don't even think Cam Newton can fix this team. He can't throw the ball down five yards or more. But Geno Smith can, and he can very badly. Yeah. Um, he didn't have any turnovers last game, though. That's Which is a, good. That is a positive. He didn't fumble the ball in a crucial moment. He didn't throw an interception at a crucial moment. It was mostly Jason Myers' fault for missing two field goals at a mm-hmm. very crucial moment. Uh, this, I don't think last game was necessarily Gino's fault, mm-hmm. um, but because I just think he doesn't get the ball to his to Tyler Lockett very much, who yeah. is your number one wide receiver. Yeah, he, and, he's, he's definitely one of he's definitely an underrated wide receiver as well. Yes, and no one gives him enough credit. I know everybody in fantasy is like, oh, don't draft Tyler Lockett because he's hit or miss. Like, you need that. He's, you need that guy, like a reliable Tyler Lockett. But oh, aside from Lockett, we're talking about Gino here. Gino's just, you know, 58% completion percentage. I know we're not trying to go off of completion percentage too much because there are good quarterbacks who just don't have great uh, completion percentages. But when you have Tyler Lockett and when you have DK Metcalf and when you have the very underrated Freddie Swain, you should be able to get more yardage than what he's had. Yeah, absolutely. That is like, like I'm not saying it's a top receiver core, but it's definitely like, it's definitely up there. Yeah, like you have probably a top 10 wide receive th- wide receiver threat. Mm-hmm. And like Russell Wilson, what well, Russell Wilson can do whatever he wants with that, but Geno Smith, you just can't get the job done. Yeah, I saw this. Um, believe it was Sports Illustrated a little bit of, like yesterday, like on freezing cold takes about how he was called the chosen one when he was with the Jets. Oh yeah, uh, I do. I do remember seeing that and. Uh... I was completely shocked because he wasn't good for the Jets, and he's not good with Seattle. No, and I know we're not trying to say that he should be Russell Wilson. No, no one's asking him to be Russell Wilson. Absolutely not. But I think he's trying to be Russell Wilson, and yeah. that's where he's failing. 
Mm-hmm. Is he a similar style quarterback that Russell Wilson is? Mm-hmm. Kind of. In some ways, yes. In some ways. He just doesn't throw the deep ball a lot, mm-hmm. which is fine. You don't need to throw you don't dimes need, You don't need to time. throw 50 yards per, per like 10 attempts or something. But Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf succeed when you throw deep, and he can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, since you did mention Russell Wilson, uh, we have uh, Seahawks fans have now found the news that Russell Wilson is actually coming back in week 10 uh, due to his stitches being removed in his uh, in his middle finger a couple days ago. So, like, we're both Seahawks fans. Uh, so what what do you think about, like, Russell Wilson coming back? Are, like, of course we're happy, but, like, do you think he's going to have an immediate impact? Or, like, it's going to take him a little bit of time, and then he's going to be back to himself. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time. Russell Wilson has never been out of extended period of time. So yeah, he's never be... been injured. Ever. Yeah, it almost 150 games straight in the NFL starting. Yeah. And then uh, 149, is I think, is the total. Um, and I think it's fourth best in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah, it was fourth no, best. No one's going to beat Brett Favre. Oh, but no. um, Russell Wilson. Well, I I'm very interested to see his comeback, uh, in from that finger injury because it was in his throwing hand, mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson does throw the ball deep. He does. He he's not a pocket passer. He is a good pocket passer when he's forced into the pocket, mm-hmm. but he. It's just. He's up against a tough Green Bay team that I know doesn't have a very good defense. Mm-hmm. It's just because he's projected to come back week 10. Mm-hmm. It's just I we have no precedent. Yeah. I think that's the problem. And I would rather have a mildly injured Russell Wilson than Geno Smith right now because mm-hmm. Geno Smith is just – I don't want to say it's – God awful because he's not. He's just trying to be someone who he's not. Yeah, he's, he's not being so exactly. So, and then uh, we'll go over uh, this little topic right now. But uh, so Bobby Wagner, who is an all-time great linebacker and uh, upcoming star Jordan Brooks, uh, do you think they're like because of their performance this past week? Do you think they can be considered an underrated linebacker duo? Well, Bobby Wagner is one of the greatest linebackers in our generation. Absolutely. And I'm not just saying that as a Seahawks fan. Bobby Wagner deserves all the glory that he's done over the past 10 years with Seattle. Mm-hmm. Jordan Brooks, first-round draft pick, he hasn't really proven himself mm-hmm. yet so far. I did like his first quarter performance. He's just... I know it's hard to replace all-time greats with a franchise like K.J. Wright was in the Legion of Boom and how he was like, Wright was kind of the heart and soul of that middle linebacker mm-hmm. position. I Jordan Brooks is just one of those, I, I need to see more of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like what you get out of Jordan Brooks is like good tackling and speed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely you need more. You need, like, maybe more pressure, like, from him. You need uh, greater hands because 
Like, I have seen him drop easy interceptions before. So, uh, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you on that statement. Yeah, I would, like like you said, I need to see more pressure from him. Mm-hmm. And he just, I don't know if he's scared of rushing the QB. He does have a sack this year. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just Pete Carroll's call, or Ken Norton's calling. Yeah, it's more defense. Ken Norton's calling. It's more Ken Norton, uh, which we can have a whole conversation about how Quentin Norton needs to be fired. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's move on to uh, the prediction segment where we uh, predict our uh, the NFC West games for the following week, which is week eight. So first we will talk about the Cardinals facing the Packers, and the Cardinals are home on Thursday Night Football. So what, what do you think about this matchup? Who's going to win? What's the score going to be? Is it going to be close? Is it going to be... I think this is going to be a blowout just because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his top two weapons yeah. other than Robert Tanyan. Um, I think it's going to be a 30-18 to 18 game. Wow. I, it, And it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers' fault. I think Green Bay has one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Yeah. And when you don't have your top two receivers and when you have a great pass rush defense that the Cardinals have is going to be tough to unlock Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. But I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a couple touchdowns in this game. Yeah, so personally, what I think about this matchup is that it's not going to be an entirety of a blowout, but uh, like Cardinals are obviously going to win. They have the home field advantage. They obviously have a better team. Uh, and of course, the Packers are missing like many stars on their team. Uh, but I like Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna make he's gonna definitely make something happen. Uh like for example, in that 49ers game, like how did he drive the ball downfield with only like 37 seconds left? So because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because he's Aaron Rodgers. So personally, I think it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a close game. So I'm like I'm I'm shooting the shot. I'm saying 27, 20 like, but the Cardinals have scored so many points though. You know, I'm I'm calling it 30. Uh, 27 to 17. 27-17. Yeah. So it's still kind of not it, it, as much it, as a blowout. It's not as much as a blowout. Two-score game. Yeah, two-score game. So now let's move on uh, to the next team. Uh, the Rams face the Texans, and the oh, Texans gosh. are at home. What do you think about this matchup? The te- I don't care if the Texans are at home. The Rams are going to take this. Absolutely. I think it's going to be another 30-point game. Uh, for the Rams, I think it's going to be a 31-3 to three game. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans just cannot, they cannot get a rhythm at all. Their mm-hmm. Davis Mills is not a good quarterback. Absolutely And not. they have no weapons. Mm-hmm. They Not on running back, not on wide receivers. They have a terrible defense. Yeah. Nothing good is coming out of Texas right yeah. now, except the Cowboys, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, personally, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that the Rams are definitely going to score more points. And uh, I think the Rams are going to score 38 points with and and win, obviously. And, but I do think that the Texan, uh, Texans are going to at least put seven up. Okay. Be- because, like, they, like... You, you know, like, the defense does get tired. And during the game, offenses sometimes figure out the defenses, but not not completely to win the game. So that's why I think that it's going to be a 38-7 to 7 game. 
even with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and uh yeah because I feel like that they're gonna like throw away from Jalen Ramsey and like try try to like to stop Aaron Donald as much as possible but that, I don't that, know if that's possible yeah. with their offensive yeah. line that that's that's not very likely but you do have Laramie Tunsil at that left tackle who's actually one of the, like he top, is he's really good yeah he's really good so they might put him like where Aaron Donald is all right. So, uh, let's uh, move on to the next matchup. Uh, the 49ers play the Bears at home. I already have a score prediction for this. I think it's going to be 17-14 to 14 Niners. Mm. Uh, they both have... I think the stats are for the Niners' defense is not reflective of how they actually are. I think the Bears are a little bit... Their defense is a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. I, even though they have very good pieces out there. And I still think Fields is trying to get his sea legs under him. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy G is still recovering from that injury. I think it's going to be a close game, not a lot of scoring. So 17-14 Niners. Nice. So I also think the Niners because I feel like that Justin Fields is not it. Alan Robinson is having an off year. Uh, the, the defense is good, but it's not great. Uh, for the Bears, so Pert and like you said that uh, the um, the 49ers with Jimmy G at their quarterback, he's definitely going to improve from this past week because he still has like more time. He has more time to like. I no, let me let me think. He has. You got this, man. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, trying I'm trying to think here. Uh, like he's got another week in his bag of playing again. That's okay. That's what I meant to say. So. Uh, and first and second of all, the 49ers have so much talent around Jimmy G that I think he's just gonna like he, he, they're gonna put up some points. So my fine the final score prediction for the 49ers Bears game is gonna be you know I'm gonna say I'm gonna give them 23 to 17. All right. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair because the Bears are not god awful. They're no, they're not. They're a decent. I team. I don't think the Bears are god awful, but. I think they're the Niners are just a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, and then we got our final game. Uh we got the Seahawks face the Jaguars and it is at Seattle. What do you think? I wanna say this first. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has been getting better. Definitely. Is the rest of the team getting better? No. No. <laughs> so I think this will snap the Seahawks losing streak and it will be mm-hmm. the game that uh it that Gets the Seahawks out of this funk. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be Geno Smith at quarterback, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think it's going to be a 23-10 Seahawks win. I think it's also going to be a... It's technically a revenge game for Sidney Jones as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's totally going to step up, even though we haven't seen much from him yet, because that defense is, like, the worst in the NFL. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I, I don't know because like the Seahawks are at home and we like they have one of the best fan bases. But yeah, like you said, like Trevor Lawrence is like getting better, but there's nothing much around Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, other than James Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson. But they're not really including James Robinson, which is kind of one of the weir- uh, weirdest it, things. It, it is, especially since they drafted a running the Jaguars drafted a running back yeah. in the who first got in, round. Who got who injured? Immediately got injured. Yeah. Uh, that 
which is very unfortunate. But yeah, I do. It's fortunate for James Robinson, though. Yeah, definitely. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm going. Now I'm going to tear up the league again. Yeah, but um, yeah, I do think that uh, the Seahawks can pull this win away because like the defense is bad, but they I think they can stop the Jaguars' offense because it's only Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson. Um, and the I think the final score. Personally, I think it's going to be low scoring because they just put only 10 points up to and and the Saints only put up 13. So I I'm going low again. I think it's going to be like 20, maybe like 20 to 10. 20 to 10. So similar to it's not the extra field goal. Yeah, that's not the extra field goal. All right. Well, that's it. You heard the latest news, our opinions and our predictions. So thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast. The best of the West. See you next week. Peace.